favorite bar on board? That's a very difficult decision. Um, I, I'm going to go with the one where... I was going to say, Jonathan, I think preemptively it's a hyperspace lounge or, or whatever. <laughs> no, we're talking on the, the, wind, on the right? wonder, Brian. We're talking on the wonder. Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo Podcast brought to you by my path unwinding travel. And let me start as I like to do by welcoming my fabulous co-host of the show. Welcome, Samantha. Why, thank you, Brian. I'm happy to be here tonight. Is your green room to your liking? <laughs> it's you know, it's excellent, but they don't have you don't have the right type of um beverages for me right now. Uh, There's no yes, Topo the, Chico lime. You're here. on the Topo Chico kick these days. Yes, I'm sorry. We were uh, we were hard pressed to find Topo Chico, so uh, you will have to deal with the Perrier this evening. <laughs> Let me welcome back uh, three time guests now, Jonathan, to our show. Welcome, Jonathan. Hey guys, thanks for having me on again for the three peat. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, we love chatting with you. Yeah, for you, sure. You're like, even though we didn't actually have you to talk about Alani, I consider you my personal. Uh, Alani expert. So <laughs> I try. <laughs> yes. Well, tonight we are going to be talking about all things Hawaii because Jonathan went over to Hawaii, stayed at Alani, which we will probably talk about as a bit of a bonus episode with him because we want to focus on his fabulous cruise from Hawaii to Vancouver. And so, Jonathan, excited to talk to you about that. But before we dive into that, do you want to remind folks about your Disney cruising experience and background? Sure. Uh, so this was my ninth Disney cruise. Uh, well, I say my ninth, but my wife and I, of course, uh, <laughs> together, we're, we're a package deal. <laughs> Except for podcast. She, has no, she wants nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someday we'll get her on. <laughs> but yeah, we are. This was number nine. So we are so very, very close to that platinum uh, status. Nice. Yeah, only one more to go. Is the is the is the next one booked already, Jonathan? Is number ten in sight? It is. Yeah, we uh, we leave on a. We're doing a back to back on the Wish in September. So we leave September nineteenth. So we will board the Wish for a four night, uh, turn platinum for the second leg. Oh, fantastic. Nice. nice. We will definitely want to have you back to hear all your thoughts about The Wish, especially uh, you are a big Star Wars fan. And so hearing about your thoughts on that hyperspace lounge. It's going to be hard to tear me away. <laughs> 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 well, today we have you on to talk about sailing from Hawaii, I guess I was going to say to Hawaii, but from Hawaii, uh, which is a repositioning cruise for Disney. When were you on, Jonathan? Which You were on the Hawaii to Vancouver leg, right? That's correct. Yeah. So we were on the ship from May 6th until the 16th. Oh, wow. Nice 10-day cruise. That's always fun. And they stopped in, in some of the Hawaiian islands, right? Tell us where you guys stopped before heading uh, before heading north, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the first stop was Maui. Then we hit the big island, and then we came about and went to Kauai. And you started in Oahu, right, on Honolulu area, the port there? Yes, we did. We started at the port of Honolulu, and then, oh, oh, I, I guess it's pr probably prudent to mention that our uh, when we were at Kauai, it was an overnight on Kauai. So I know you stayed at Alani the night before you left, or you stayed at Alani for a few nights before you left. How was it? How was it getting from Alani to the port? Because I have a feeling that there are folks out there who might look to make the same kind of trip if they're going on this Hawaii cruise. Yeah, so it it was um, it was nice. It was so we rented a car because you know when you when you visit uh, Oahu, there it's so it's such a large island. It's so spread out. So. In order to simplify, I guess, <laughs> the, the process, we rented a car and then basically the morning of, it was, it was myself, my wife, and we traveled with six other people. Um, I took, uh, we loaded everything up in the rental van. Uh, I drove everybody to the, to the port. We left our luggage and everything with the porters. Uh, and then uh, drove the rental car back to the uh, the drop off location, and then we took a lift back to the port. It was, I think, from the time that we left Alani till the time we were on the ship, it took about two hours, two and a half hours, maybe total. Well, how was the port itself? The port experience itself? Is it uh, you've sailed out of San Diego, if memory serves? Is it more like San Diego or more like Port Canaveral? It's definitely more like San Diego. 
you know, it, it, it obviously it's not a Disney constructed building like at Port Canaveral. So, you know, you don't have all those nice little touches. It's, it's a, it's a public cruise terminal, multiple cruise lines will uh, port there. And it was uh, a fairly compact building. I mean, we didn't have to do a ton of walking around. I, I remember when we cruised out of DCL to Alaska several years ago, Canada Place is is very, very spread out. Like it, You get your steps in just going from check-in to luggage drop-off to, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very massive building. And this was much more compact, but not quite as small as the, the, the terminal building at Port Canaveral, of course. And was, is Disney the only ship in port the day that you embarked? Yeah, I believe the only uh, regular ship that, that cruises out of Honolulu is the uh, Pride of America. And I think they go Saturday to Saturday. So us leaving on a Friday, there were no other ships in port. Well, that should make the port experience a little bit easier on you since Disney's the only ship in. What, what was your port arrival time like, Jonathan? I believe we got an 11.15 port arrival time. Okay. And how was the process boarding from, you know, time you arrived at the port finally, I guess, after you got back from the rental car drop off to getting on the ship? How long of an experience was that for you? Uh, let's see. I mean, including the, the, the testing with Inspire, it probably took us... 45 minutes. That's not bad. I I will say it felt like three hours waiting for those test results. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It always does. Right. And and for you guys, this was your first time sailing out of Hawaii, correct? It was our first time sailing out of Hawaii. It was our first time sailing Disney post COVID. It was quite the experience. And and can I ask uh, why why this itinerary? Was there something you know? Because I know Disney has the obviously the opposite direction going from San Diego to Hawaii versus from Hawaii to uh, to Vancouver. Um, was there something specific about this itinerary that drew you to booking it? These are kind of one unique, I know, but um, also hard to book, hard to get. Right. So we actually had some help. We had uh, we were able to book it. Through the help of one of our friends who's already platinum, they uh, helped us kind of secure uh, a reservation during the platinum booking window. We we chose this one just because I think for well, at least for for my wife and I, it worked better for how we earn our vacation time to leave you know ten days later to get you know a little bit of extra earned vacation time so that we didn't have to take unpaid time and such. Gotcha. Well, you get on board, Jonathan. And so what, what, I guess, what kind of room did you book for this cruise? So we booked a standard inside stateroom. Uh, initially, we had booked two aft and we got moved to two midship just because, of course, uh, two aft is kind of the area where they have the, the COVID the co- protocol. The quarantine, yeah. The, the quarantine area. Quarantine. <laughs> I know familiar. that from experience on the, on the Disney Wonder, yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that up, but I didn't know if you still had a sore spot, so. <laughs> so. So, Jonathan, did you board into the atrium uh, in Hawaii, or did they have you board on a different deck? No, we boarded right on, into the atrium on deck three. Uh, it, everything was kind of back to what I remember. We didn't have the the show in the atrium. It was the standard welcome aboard the, you know, the Heil family. Was Mickey there waving you on? He was, yes. Yes, he was. And you mentioned you were traveling. So you, your wife, and then you had four friends in tow? Yeah. So uh, friends that we've actually met through cruising Disney. Uh, we oh my met goodness. Them. Yeah. <laughs> so we initially met this crew back in uh, 2016 on the Star Wars Day at Sea cruise. And we are often, very often travel buddies. Uh, this is the fourth cruise we've all taken together. Oh, my God. That's so fun. Yeah, it, It's definitely a lot more fun when you travel with others. Well, the, the all important question after you get on board, are you heading for the sit down lunch or did you go to Cabanas? We did go to Cabanas. Uh, that is, you know, uh, you have to get the Oreo cheesecake or else <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get it the rest of the cruise. Doesn't matter how long it is. They never bring it back. There you go. Well, that's isn't it, Sam. That's Willie's favorite dessert, right? Yes, I believe that's Willie's favorite dessert. But I think you can get it in the sit-down restaurant also. I think on embarkation lunch, I think you can get it there as well. I know from from your Facebook food post, Jonathan, that that's <laughs> one of your favorites. I I also know, spoiler, that you had the drink of the day every day, all 
all, I guess nine out of 10 <laughs> days, right? Because the last day, there's no drink of the day on, on disembarkation day. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. So that was, that was, uh, one of our friends, uh, said that would be a cool idea. And I think I'm the only one that actually ran with it and, and <laughs> made that my mission. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, and for, and for new listeners out there, the drink of the day is the drink special that DCL has each day. It's a rotating drink. Uh, we'll have to ask you, Jonathan, at the end, maybe Sam can add it to rapid fire what your favorite drink of the day was since you got to try 10 of them. It's already, it's already on my list, Brian. You know me so well. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, hey, let's set up some highlights here because uh, 10 days is a lot to talk about. But um, Sam, where do you want to start? Activities? I kind of want to start. I want to start at ports because, you know, you got to go to some unique ports, Jonathan, that most people on a Disney cruise don't get to go. And uh, a lot of people have been to these Hawaiian islands, obviously, but not to the cruise ports and not necessarily excursions that are sort of coordinated with cruises. So let's let's start there. So you start on Oahu. What was your first port stop again? Our first port stop was Maui. So what did you, what was the, I would love to know what the port was like there. And then um, obviously what you guys did for the day. Sure. So calling any of the uh, ports that we went to cruise ports is a bit of a stretch. Every single port that we went to, we were dropped off. It was basically the, sh- the ship berthed in the, in a working port in, in, uh, there were containers and container ships all around. It was not a, your typical Bahamian uh, or Caribbean cruise port where you're instantly presented with shopping and duty free and and all of that you know and and local artisans you know uh, trying to sell you their wares it was nothing like that it was it was a working port and often uh, at least with Maui it was about a half mile walk from the from the dock to I guess you for lack of a better word civilization you know there was a there was a few uh, restaurants and a strip mall and a and a drugstore about half a mile away. Uh, the Big Island had none of that, and the the port on Kauai it was probably about two miles before there was any kind of a uh, shopping or anything. So basically, if you weren't on a a sponsored excursion uh, or you, you know you had to uh, either get a cab or Lyft or Uber, which that presented a bunch of challenges on on some of the other islands because when when tourism was shut down for so long a lot of the Lyft and Uber drivers left Hawaii they moved because they weren't making an income so and then they never came back so getting getting Ubers and cabs and stuff like that was was challenging in in some of the ports but going back to to uh, the first port Maui uh, so we did not book a a DCL excursion we had decided that it was you know with with all six of us that it was much more cost effective to rent a car, split the cost of the rental car, and then kind of explore on our own. So what we ended up doing on Maui was going to to the uh, the Maui the Maui Ocean Center Aquarium. That's what it was called. So they had a bunch of local species of fish and sharks and and all kinds of stuff. And and the Aquarium Center is also a coral reef reserve. So they actually repopulate uh, coral uh, throughout the island that that is rehabilitated at the aquarium. Oh, that's so cool. Can I ask a, a practical question, which is, how did you get a rental car? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the... Um, one of our one you know one of the people that we were traveling with he rented it and he ubered to the airport to pick up the rental car which wasn't that far uh the airport on Kauai was very very close uh so he ubered to the to the uh the airport picked up the rental car and then came and grabbed us all very smart i would not i honestly would not have thought of that so yeah i tried to convince you to do that in cabo remember or not cabo in in sonata uh, instead of uh, doing the bus tour i saw a hertz place and like let's just go rent a car and we'll drive out to the thing as opposed to taking the bus <laughs> i don't want to drive back to la bufadora though <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <what>. <laughs> sam's not a fan so you did your you, you did your own store excursion on maui and then then you headed to you were in Kauai overnight after Maui. Is that right? Uh, after Maui was the Big Island. The Big Island. Okay. What did you do on the Big Island, or what's the, what are things like on the Big Island? So the Big Island is where we we took our one and only DCL sponsored excursion. It was uh, we we wanted to have a little fun and and feel like kids again. So we did the Junior Park Rangers program at the Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. 
which uh, the Junior Park Rangers program is something that's offered at every single national park in the U.S. Uh, and you get a nice, you know, when you complete it, there's an activity book. You know, it, it was just it was just fun to, you know, to act like, uh, you know, we were seven, eight years old again. You fill out your activity book and you listen to one of the park rangers give a speech. Then they took you up to the uh, the site of the volcanoes and you got to, we got to stand maybe, you know, a hundred yards maybe from the, the caldera, uh, the opening of the volcano. You could see, you know, the steam and everything coming off of the, the lava. Um, it was it was just, it was crazy. You know, just being able to stand so close to such an awesome act of nature. That sounds awesome. Did you guys get to do anything else on the Big Island or or was the day really filled with wilderness exploring? That was pretty much the entire focus of the excursion. Well, no, I, I, I apologize. No, we um, so it was about a 45 minute drive from where we uh, from the port up to the volcano, which was at an elevation of 4000 feet above sea level. I think is what they said, you know, some pressure changes and, you know, it, it, it takes a while to climb that high, uh, especially because you can't just go through mountains. You have to kind of go up and around and, and such. So we, we spent probably a total of two, about an hour and a half uh, actually at Volcanoes National Park. And then on the way down, they took us to a zoo, uh, which okay um it, it's a free <laughs> it, it's it's a free zoo like you, you you don't pay anything to get in uh whether you're a, a tourist whether you're a, a resident it's a free zoo so they had uh some tigers they had a white tiger they had some you know uh bengal tigers uh they had sloths and various monkeys and primates we didn't really get a ton of time to explore there, and it was insanely hot by that point because it was about uh, one, you know, one one thirty. So you know, the the afternoon sun was really starting to show, you know, rear its ugly head, and uh, we 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 kind of gave up and just went back to the bus. Next up was Kauai. I'm curious. So you overnighted in Kauai, Jonathan, but I'm curious. I guess maybe let me ask this question: What time were you arriving at ports and leaving ports? Because the overnight thing is interesting to me, and I'm wondering if that if that had anything to do with when you got there or not. So. For Maui, we arrived fairly early. I want to say we arrived at seven or eight a.m. And that was, you know, uh, anybody that wanted to disembark could leave the ship by about eight eight thirty. Then with the Big Island, it was the same. We were there early and left about five thirty, uh, or, or you know, all aboard was five thirty uh, in the in the afternoon. Now with Kauai, we didn't get there until ten a.m. And what time did you leave the next day? We left the next day. I think all aboard was four forty-five. Oh wow! So you had two real full days in Kauai. That's cool. So did you? What did you do? What did you do with the two days? Because that is that is a long time. Kauai, I don't, Kauai didn't strike me as a sort of a place that had a lot going on when we stopped there. And so I must have misunderstood about why. But but yeah, what did you do for the two days? I, I think of all of the three islands that we visited other than Oahu, Kauai was my favorite and was my wife's favorite. I think it was just the most beautiful. Uh, it had some of the absolute best views, I think, because that's uh, Kauai is where it's called Waimea Canyon. They call it the Grand Canyon of the Pacific. You know, it, it's gorgeous. I know I shared some pictures on Facebook of of our trip there, but it was absolutely stunning. Uh, we spent maybe just 45 minutes again just staring at the awesomeness of nature and what it, what it created. Uh, it was it was fantastic. So day one we did uh, we were initially scheduled to do a best of Kauai excursion and we looked at all the details and it was just basically driving from place to place to place and it was 200 a person. We got a rental car, Again, we did the rental car thing and did it and just split the cost of the rental car and went to all these places and it cost us I think a hundred dollars total plus you know plus all the parking and gas and everything, which was I mean again not too bad, considering that we were going to pay four hundred to do the same things that we just did yeah, absolutely and i I imagine because where you're going is mostly you know park space you're not really paying entry fees to places or although do you have to pay for like parking passes at some of these national parks uh so the national park was completely free uh it was actually it was the state parks Waimea Canyon and one of the other park state parks that we went to had parking and admission fees it was just it was basically an honor system because they just had a kiosk with no staff manning it so it was it was the honor system, you know. Could you did you have to pay for parking? 
really, was it the right thing to do? Yes. But uh, I'm sure there were people that took advantage and, and decided not to pay. But yeah, it was. I think it was ten dollars to park, and then three dollars per person to enter the state parks. What was it? What was it like to overnight in port, Jonathan? I'm just kidding. Was, I guess we we experienced that. We we experienced that in New Orleans, and I you know I didn't think it was terribly different than not. But what uh, the ship's not moving, which for some for some is improves their sleep, and for some doesn't. But yeah, what was it like overnighting in port? Yeah, it was. If you wanted to stay out till midnight, you could. Uh, there really wasn't much to do. Like I said, you know, with, with Kauai, especially that was, you know, it was a good two miles till there were any kind of shopping centers or anything. Yeah. I mean, unless again, it was one of those experiences where really, if you didn't have a plan in place, if you didn't have a, an excursion booked or you didn't have a, an explore on your own plan in place, really had to Uber or Lyft to get anywhere. And then, well, then, you know, I, I guess, you know, everybody with smartphones, you can use Google Maps to find out what's nearby and plan something. But yeah, it, it was definitely one of those experiences that was vastly different from any other cruise that we had been on, just because, you know, most people aren't used to uh, porting at, uh, at a working industrial port and, and having to kind of find their way. Now, did you guys decide to come back to the ship that first night for dinner or did you have dinner out on the island somewhere? Because I know that that's an option most people don't have. Right. Right. Yeah. So we ended up just getting snacks uh, at Kauai Coffee Plantation. That was kind of our lunch. And then we were back on the ship for dinner. And how I guess, how is the weather for you all in Hawaii? Kauai tends to be a pretty wet port, as I recall. Uh I'm assuming you ported the same place we did, but how was the weather perfect uh, for the cruise? Was you were sailing through Hawaii, or did you get did you get some bad weather? We had we had no rain any days on the islands that we visited. You know, it was sunny, it was bright, very little, very little overcast, and no rain, which was fantastic. On on that second day in Kauai, sorry, just one more question about the overnighting. What time could you disembark the ship into port? Right, like what time could would it be any time of day because you were already there and or do, or do you know? I, I want to say that they had, you know, because of, of, of crew availability, you know, of course they have to have crew available to, uh, to, you know, scan your key to the world card and everything. So it was, it was basically, it was just like, you know, a, a port stop, like we were in a new port. So I think 8am you could disembark and then all aboard was 4.45pm. You leave Kauai, that's your last stop in Hawaii, and then how many days at sea? I think it's like five days or six days at sea? Five glorious days at sea, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Five straight days at sea on your way to Vancouver. Now, our experience as the Pacific between Hawaii and at least San Diego got a little choppy, a little cold, a little windy when we sailed to Hawaii, but how was it for you getting up to Vancouver? So our first two sea days getting up to Vancouver, the, the weather was fairly decent. It, it wasn't until the last three sea days that it became windy and rainy and, and not very nice. I mean, we, we didn't even, you know, I figured with, with five sea days, we'll have some pool time. Now, it was way too cold to, you know, the last three days to even really get in the pool. And with the the way the wind was blowing there, I mean, you could see the water in the pools just sloshing back and forth and and coming up onto the deck. So the the seas weren't rough, but the wind just really made everything no fun. (laughs) That's life on the Pacific. I think people don't realize and and expect they're going to, you know... If even if they're sailing to or from Hawaii, even to even to San Diego, it's it's like that. It's just it's real windy. The seas can be can be rough, not always, but it's you're not going to have the warmth that you expect, like when you're sailing just around the Hawaiian Islands. Right, right, yeah. It was definitely uh, a different experience all around, especially those the last three days. Um, you know, with with the majority of our sailings being Caribbean and Bahamas, it was it was it was a drastic difference. But I love that you said glorious sea days because, you know, as we know, there is so much to do on the ship. You don't need to sit by the pool. You don't need to be at the beach. There is a ton to do on the beautiful Disney wonder. And absolutely. Which leads us to how did you fill your glorious sea days, Jonathan, with uh, with activities? I know you're a big trivia trivia buff, as I recall. So what'd you do on the sea days? Well, and, and, and in general, what were the activities you did on board? You don't need to limit it to the sea days. Right, right. Uh, so, I, you know, I, I know I had given you the heads up that the Art of the Theme show tour had, had made its way back to the ships. And I made sure to take advantage of, 
both times that it was offered. <laughs> oh, fantastic. We did it twice because I had never done it before. And, you know, it, it's every single time. It's it's kind of like the Jungle Cruise where the activity staff who's kind of leading the tour has bullet points and they can pick and choose what to point out. So you never get the same theme show tour twice, which is really kind of the reason why uh, we had done it both times. So we did that on very first sea day and then the next to last sea day. As far as the rest of the activities, I think we attended just about every trivia except for sports because that is not my thing. I, I don't follow sports. I couldn't. I, I, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I did, you know, we did, the, you know, the Disney trivia, the Toons trivia, the, the decades music trivia. We did all of that. What was nice about how they structured the shows in the Walt Disney Theater is the days that we were at the islands, they didn't have any of the signature shows. They didn't have the Golden Mickeys, for example, until the very first sea day. So uh, the first sea day was the Golden Mickeys. The third sea day was Frozen. uh, And then the last sea day was Dreams. And then in between, they had variety show acts. Perfect. So you don't feel like if you're exhausted from exploring the Hawaiian Islands, you don't feel like you need to also then, you know, go to the the theater. I mean, you might if you want to see the variety acts, which I I like to see some of them, but not I'm not I'm not into all of them. So, but that gives you a, a nice balance. Yeah, it was it was kind of nice to to not have to worry about, especially with the overnight in Kauai, it was nice to not have to worry about, okay, do we want to get back before dinner to see the show because we had we had second seating. Uh so do we want to do we want to be back on the ship early enough to be able to see the the shows? Uh, the signature shows. And it was nice that that wasn't even, you know, that that was removed from the equation that we didn't have to pick and choose. And if we wanted to stay on the island all day, we could, which was, fan- you know, which was really nice. The real question with trivia, Jonathan, is how many did you win? <laughs> <laughs> Zero, actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't win any, so that's not... <laughs> it, it never failed. There were, we would maybe get you know, 18 out of 20 or 19 out of 20 or or 43 out of 45. And it would never fail. Someone would have 44 or 45. Uh, Sometimes multiple teams would have the the, the maximum possible score. So while we did really well, we didn't have anything to show for it, but that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. There, you know, there's, there's some really hardcore Disney trivia fans. And so I know from like Disney, if I go to any of the Disney trivia, there's literally no chance that I am going to win. It's just not. I, there are people who know everything about everything Disney. Yeah. And it was not, you know, that's that's not us. We don't know some of the, you know, intimate details and some of the, the, the nebulous trivia. That's not us at all. But it's still fun. So it reminds me, Jonathan, we forgot to ask how many people on board the sailing. Was the ship full? Uh, the ship was definitely not full. Uh, depending on who we talked to, uh, CM-wise, uh, th- the consensus seemed to be around 1,300 confirmed passengers uh, with, you know, and that Wonder has, I think, a passenger capacity of 27 and some change. Yeah, it's about half full. About half full. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. We had many more than that, I think, on our spring break cruise for sure. Well, so what else, Jonathan? Did you do any spa time? We got to reserve food for last. So, uh, so yeah, spa time, water slides. Like, what else kept you occupied during those those sea days? Okay, so uh, we did the trivia. We we did a couple sessions of the Anyone Can Cook uh, oh, series. You did? We oh I love that where they do the little demo yeah 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 so we they did the um, ahi tuna and avocado tower uh, that was the one day um, and then we no actually I take that back that was the only one that we did we also did a cheese seminar one day oh I've never seen that was that in Palo it was actually it was in animators where where the one that we did and it was just uh, it was some uh, CMs from the culinary crew uh, they basically talked about the, you know how different cheeses are made using different milks and different processes for aging then we, they gave us little samples of manchego swiss munster and pepper jack cheeses which i mean pepper jack is about as boring as it gets <laughs> there, there were plenty of other cheeses they could have chosen and and that was you know whatever i mean i don't mind pepper jack but but was it mickey shaped because that makes all food taste better <laughs> uh, just just your, your typical cheese cubes. Just your boring old <laughs> cheese cubes, bummer. 
a missed opportunity there at Disney. <laughs> if you're if you're listening, Bob Chapek, missed opportunity. <laughs> I can guarantee you, Bob Chapek is not listening to this show. But but keep going, Jonathan. What else? What else did you do? <laughs> Uh, so we, we also did a champagne testing, which, uh, was actually the first time we'd ever done that particular tasting. I've, uh, we've done the, the chocolate and liquor mixology multiple times. Uh, I, so we did a champagne taste testing and uh, tasting and every, uh, champagne or it was everything, everything that we tried was a champagne, you know, it was all, you know, it wasn't a sparkling wine or a, uh, a Prosecco or Prosecco, yeah. yes, or that's Vermont. the one. Yeah. Yeah. I did I did that one on the wonder in the you probably were in the Cadillac Lounge, right? We were. Yeah. Yes. And it yeah, I had I mean, I thought there were some really good champagnes. It was a nice variety of brands and of flavors and yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I don't know if I would do it again, but it was it was you know, fun to experience one time. Uh, I, I've got my eye on some of the ones on the wish. If <laughs> if there's any left, because our activity window actually opens here in five days, I think, for the first leg. So <laughs> you might be able to get drink tastings. I will tell you the it's going to be very hard to get any of the adult dining. It's not not necessarily impossible. It really just matters how many platinums it, it are on your cruise, right? It's just really, yeah. And, and concierge and how full concierge is because concierge, you know, has they, on the wish has like double the number of rooms. So it's yes. Yeah. And impossible. that's one thing in the cruise groups, I found that the concierge seems to have taken almost all of the reservations uh, for activities because there are so many rooms. So uh, it, it's, that's okay. That's why, you know, I think the, the game plan is going to be rush onto the ship and, and try to head to wherever they're offering, you know, dining bookings and, and try to get us on the, uh, on the list for, for Palo. Well, we need to take a quick pause in the action here to thank our amazing show sponsors over at My Path Unwinding Travel. You know, Sam and I have gotten to know the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel over time, and they are just so knowledgeable, so wonderful, so responsive, so welcoming. They have a great set of communities built on Facebook where they answer people's questions. We know that if you decide to book your next vacation with My Path Unwinding Travel, you will have a wonderful, wonderful experience. So if you are looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation and adventure, by Disney Vacation, maybe you've been eyeing an all-inclusive resort vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. We know you'll have a fantastic experience. And with that, back to our episode. Jonathan, any other activity highlights that uh, you wanted to uh, you wanted to share? I mean, I guess my drink of the day challenge was kind of an, uh, a, a way to keep myself busy during the sea days and, and then some. <laughs> <laughs> busy, uh, busy and well lubricated. Yes, very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty much the only activities that we did. We did the trivias, the champagne testing, uh, spent some time, uh, spent a lot of time in Cove Cafe. Uh, I just love hanging out there because that's just a way you can completely just get away from all of the chaos. <laughs> Absolutely. We love it too. So you, we mentioned Paolo, you were on the Disney wonder. So we know there's no Remy, but I also know from Facebook that you went to Paolo. Did you go more than once? You're on a 10 day cruise. So de definitely something you could do more than once. And what, what meals did you do at, at Paolo? Sure. So we only did Paolo once. But we did it right. We did Palo Brunch on the last sea day. So that was that was a perfect way to kind of encapsulate the entire experience, you know, just it just ending with a Palo Brunch. You had every dessert, by the way. I saw you you you, you have pictures on your Facebook that were literally every single dessert um, that Palo offered. And uh, I understand why, because you were in a group of six. But I was pretty impressed with that, I must say. <laughs> I was very, very impressed with our server that, you know, he took it upon himself to to do that, to just bring one of everything to the table. And then he even said, well, you know, if, if you like something, I can bring another one. But with, with six desserts, even six desserts, six people, that was still <laughs> a daunting task to even finish those. <laughs> Any standouts at Palo, uh, Palo Brunch? Honestly, it was probably not my favorite Palo Brunch experience of, of, of the six odd times that I've done it. So I kind of gave you a little heads up, you know, in our, in our Facebook chat 
uh, you know, prior to this, that there was a lot, uh, and I mean a lot of new uh, CMs on board the Wonder because they they've done you know they've moved people around. A lot of the 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 cream of the crop has kind of you know gone over to the Wish. Um, so of course they're bringing the you know this new staff on and training them in the galleys, and especially the galleys seem to be where the the biggest concentration of new CMs were. So the food was, uh, it was, it was very inconsistent and, and it pains me to say that. You know, that happens, you know, I, we had a guest on Josh, uh, shout out to Josh. I know you're listening who didn't like the truffle per sets in animators palette and on his first and only cruise that he's been on with Disney. I love the truffle per sets, but I also know there are times where I've gotten them and they've been kind of cold. And if they're not hot, they're just not quite as good because, you know, the cheese starts to kind of congeal and stuff. So that's one of the things where consistency matters and that can happen and it can really change the food, right? If you don't have, you know, if the food's not paced well or if the food isn't cooked hot enough or if it's not kept under the warmers or whatever, you know, there's a lot of things that can definitely affect that. And new crew, I'm sure, you know, makes that, you know, more common. Those those misses are going to be a little bit more common. I'm hopeful that, you know, those cast members being on board for a while, they'll get trained up. But yeah, I think it's been a problem in the entire cruise industry with just, you know, a shortage of cast in general. Yeah, and and and, and I don't blame anybody. I'm not I'm not, you know, I'm not going to swear off of cruising DCL just because of, you know, one okay experience, you know, in in the dining room uh, overall. It's just, you know, it, it definitely felt off because, you know, with the, the, the six of us that on the cruise together, I think between all six of us, we have over a hundred DCL voyages under our belts. So, you know, some, we have some friends who are 20 plus, you know, so double platinum. We have, you know, uh, we uh, of the of the six of us, the, my wife and I had the fewest number of Disney cruises. <laughs> <laughs> Which which is which is saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, nine. I mean, nine is still plenty. Yeah. So our uh, our our main server. This was his first voyage on the Disney Wonder. Uh, he had previously been on the 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 Disney Dream for multiple contracts. So he wasn't a bad server, but it was his first time on the Wonder. He had never been paired with this assistant server before, and you could tell that they just weren't in sync with one another the first couple nights. And you know, one of, uh, we decided to speak up because you know we didn't want the remaining eight nights to really be uh, uh, that you know that kind of experience for for eight you know for ten total nights. So you know, we spoke up, and and, and honestly, I felt awful doing it because I, you know I just I don't like complaining, but. Something had to be said, you know. So once once we kind of brought everything to our the head server's attention, everything got better. I mean, like the the, the our, our servers were in sync with one another. The drinks, you know, uh, the drinks were ready. They were on the table the third night, and you know, we never had to wait for refills like we did the first couple nights. Uh, the pacing got much much better. I guess my biggest advice to somebody who may be on their first DCL voyages. If something doesn't seem right, don't be afraid to speak up. Well, let's talk about some of the specialty menus, Jonathan, because everyone's familiar, a lot of people are familiar with the rotational menus, but on these longer cruises, you get these specialty menus. In fact, Scott Sanders just posted one on Twitter for your uh, Hawaiian menu, I guess it was. So what were some of the menus that you got on board that were different than the rotational menus? Yeah. So on night four, we had the uh, the Ikomomai. Uh, so it was a, a Hawaiian forward uh, menu and then on night five we had a second uh, uh, menu that was Aloha Hawaii since it was our last day uh, on the islands they they had basically Hawaiian menus two nights in a row and I don't know I, I guess I just I, I don't know I wasn't all that impressed <laughs> uh, unfortunately with with those selections they were okay they weren't anything spectacular I, I don't really know how to put my finger on, I guess, I don't know, maybe I just, I guess I just didn't care for some of the offerings. I think also they just do a better job on the standards, right? That they are doing all the time. And so if they're not as sort of familiar with those menus, it's probably a little harder for them to make those dishes same. 
it, it, was, it was nice to have something different. You know, of course, it was, it was nice to have more than just your, your, your typical rotational menu. It was nice to see different menus. But yeah, the, the passion didn't seem to be there. Uh, I, I guess, you know, or maybe just the, the practice and the repetition, perhaps, just wasn't there because they're not used to it. Then the one night we had the land and sea menu, which was kind of a, a surf and turf uh, centered menu. Lots of lots of seafood, lots of uh, of meats on that menu. I got this. I got the surf and turf. It was lobster medallions and uh, a center cut fillet. Which was really good. Which was yeah, that was that was really really good. I think of the specialty menus, that was probably my favorite. And I found it interesting. So uh, typically, when you're on the, the Disney Wonder and you're you know you have your typical rotation, it's it's you know it's Animators Royal Court and Tiana's. We did not the first night that we were ate in Tiana's. It was not uh, the typical menu. It was like a I guess it was, for lack of a better term, it was the B menu. Like, we didn't have the standard rotational menu until the last three nights. So so no beignets until night eight. <laughs> then they had another menu. Uh, the other specialty menu that we got is they, they had, it's called World of Flavor menu. And it featured dishes from everywhere. I mean, there were American dishes. There were uh, Irish and German. Uh, I think the one of the meals was a schnitzel that night, which my wife ordered. So it was kind of a, a nice little way to kind of try a little bit of this and, and kind of sample uh, cuisine. You, you know, unless you went to Germany or went to Ireland or Scotland, you might not get the chance to experience. So that was kind of fun. Were there any like special guest performances or special talks? I know some we know this, that pre-COVID times on these longer cruises, they would sometimes have um, Broadway guest appearances other than just the one who is part of the the sort of the cast for Frozen. Uh, and sometimes they'll have like I know in Alaska, they'll have, you know, naturalists come and, and do talks and whatnot. We're, I'm curious as to whether or not they had some of those kinds of things on this Hawaiian cruise. They did. So the first couple nights, they had Uncle from Alani on the ship playing and, and telling stories. And every time, you know, he did, I think he did two performances the first night. And then I think night three, he did two performances. And it was a different story every time. We, have, we only had time to attend one of them uh, just because there were, you know, so many other things competing for our attention, of course. But yeah, it was it was nice. That was a nice little touch because when we were at Alani, we didn't have time to go uh, attend one of his story times. So, uh, but you know, by the fire pit. So that was nice to have that experience on the ship. And then I think from the rest of the time, they did have somebody who was uh, a native Hawaiian, different having different presentations where they would talk about some of the legends and, and the mythology uh, of the Polynesian cultures and and how it relates to you know everything on the islands, the topography. And I, I, we attended the very first one and it was kind of underwhelming, honestly. I, I, it was like a slideshow it was a slideshow, like a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, the presenter kind of moved way too quickly, and you could tell. I think this might have been her first time doing anything like this, and it was a packed house, so I think she was just nervous. But I think that that kind of deterred us from going back, and it may not have been. She may have found her footing, and, and you know, found her her rhythm, her groove, uh, you know, with 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 successive presentations. But we we never got a chance to get back. Well, Sam, I think we've reached that point in the show where I'm going to throw it over to you for a rapid fire. So why don't you take it away? All right. So I'm going to do a rapid fire with you that is is focused on this particular cruise. Okay. We're going to start with favorite rotational dining and whatever criteria you determine is fine with me. Uh, I, I think overall, I still like Tiana's because this was the first time that we've been on the Disney Wonder since they... Uh, they they rethemed from Parrot Key to Tiana's. Oh wow! So yeah, yeah, we hadn't we haven't been on the Wonder since 2015. Oh my goodness! So it, it was you know it was a huge change. <laughs> yeah, favorite bar on board. That's a very difficult decision. Um, I, I'm going to go with the one where... I was going to say, Jonathan, I think preemptively it's the Hyperspace Lounge or, or whatever <laughs> no, it's called on the Wonder, right? No, we're talking on the Wonder, Brian. We're talking on the Wonder. There's no Hyperspace Lounge on the Wonder. 
I'm going to say Cove Cafe just because we spent a lot of time there and we really got to know uh, the bartenders there. And of course, they can make anything, you know, including the, the all the coffee drinks. So, yeah. All right. Favorite drink of the day. <laughs> um, I think it was called the Yellow Bird. I think that sounds right. It mm. was, yeah, rum, banana, liqueur, uh, orange juice, pineapple juice. Nice, you know, nice fruity tropical uh, drink kind of different from your typical Mai Tais and, and, and such and pina coladas, you know. Yum. Sounds good. All right. Favorite onboard activity from this cruise? The Art of the Theme Show Tour. Oh, yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I really am. Favorite space on board the Disney Wonder? And so set aside Cove Cafe. Let's, let's leave that one out. All right. Uh, so that is definitely Crown and Finn. Spent a lot of time there, not only for trivias, but just hanging out uh, you know, with with five C days, we kind of when we wanted to break away and not do the scheduled activities, we would go there and just play cards a couple nights. Yeah, awesome. All right, my last two questions are Hawaii questions. Favorite port adventure from this cruise? Now it doesn't have to. I know we only had one Disney port adventure, but when I say port adventure, favorite sort of on land activity that you did during during this this cruise. I think uh, as as awesome as the volcanoes and uh, the Waimea Canyon was, I think our our favorite excursion was the rum safari that we took on Kauai. On the second day of Kauai, we took a a, a guided rum tour. Uh, It was really cool because we got to sample uh, four different rums that they made there on site. And then we got a, a handcrafted Mai Tai. As well as a, uh, they called it, I, I can't remember the name of the drink, but it, it used a mountain apple, which was kind of a, it tasted like a, a little bit like pear, but a little bit more floral. It was, it was, and, and what was cool about it is this particular cocktail was farm to glass. They picked the fruit off of the trees in the plantation, cut it up and used it in the drinks. Oh, cool. That's really cool. All right. Now, my last question, this might be a difficult one, is which is your favorite Hawaiian island? Kauai. Uh, I I could go to Kauai and spend a week just there, I think, just exploring because there's, I mean. I thought you were going to say Oahu. (laughs) I mean, Oahu is great, but I, I, I wanted to avoid saying that just because we've been there and we've kind of explored the island multiple times. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever get back to some of the other islands, but you know, if if I had my choice between going to Oahu again or going to Kauai and spending a week, I probably would choose Kauai, actually. Well, if you want to hear more from Jonathan about his Hawaii picks, we're going to head over to a little bonus show to talk to him about Elani and... Uh, I might even do a little something for our Patreons as well, if we have a few minutes with him. But Jonathan, you have a podcast. You want to let folks know where they can find your podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So if if you want to hear two dudes talking Star Trek and Star Wars in the same <laughs> podcast, I know, I know. It is, it, it, trust me, it is okay to be a fan of both, really. <laughs> there, there's no, the, don't let what you saw in Fanboys deter you from liking both. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a massive Star Wars fan, uh, and I my my knowledge of all things Star Wars is well not as impressive as some people that I know. I, I do, you know we we have some interesting discussions, and then then my co-host Chris he is to Star Trek what I am to Star Wars. So we have some very very deep and fascinating discussions. Uh, we have some canon connections between the new Star Wars stuff, the new Star Trek stuff, and how it how it all ties into the old stuff. It's it's called Captain's Logs and Lightsabers. We don't release an episodes n- anywhere near as frequently as the DCL duo, but uh, <laughs> you know it's it's a fun time. And if you like, I said if you just want to hear two guys talking uh, and geeking out about Trek and Wars, it, it, tune in. Jonathan, we appreciate you coming on, sharing about your Hawaii cruise. And if folks want to hear more, you can head over our bonus episode. We're going to talk to Jonathan a little bit about staying at Alani. But for now, thanks, Jonathan, for coming on. We can't wait to catch up with you about your next cruise. Thank you. 
all I know, this week's show is a little detour away from all of our Wish coverage, but I think it's always good for us to keep up with what's going on with the other ships, although July seems to be the month of the Wish. Uh, there are four other ships out there sailing. We want to keep bringing you great content about those ships and sailing, so really glad we could have Jonathan on to talk about his Hawaii sailing, and hoping to have him back soon, speaking of the Wish, to get a Star Wars fan's impression of Hyperspace Lounge to see if perhaps Jonathan is as underwhelmed as we were by it, but we shall find out. With that, we do have another five-star review to read on the air this week. This one comes from SSGT iPad, who writes, a great show for tips from experts. I have recently added DCL Duo to my regular podcast rotation and enjoyed it so much. The most recent episode on travel to London I found absolutely helpful and look forward to more shows like that in the future. The Churchill War Room is just the kind of advice I am looking for that I haven't seen anywhere else. I have even found myself searching through older episodes, looking for shows that I sh- I'm sure will help me in future planning. Love the great guests, hosts, and professional touches in every episode. I love planning trips for my wife and I, and this podcast will be a great resource. Looking forward to supporting the show for time to come. Well, thank you so much. Leaving us these reviews is really helpful and supports our show, and we love reading on the air and connecting with our listeners. So for all of you out there, if you love the show and you love the content, know this is a labor of love. We don't make money off the show. So the best way you can let us know that you want us to keep doing this is by leaving us these five-star reviews. We really, really, really appreciate it. With that, I just want to thank each and every one of you out there, as always, for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. If you like even more great content from the DCL Duo, head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog channel. We just posted some 360 degree walkthroughs and videos of The Wish so you can follow along with us and pan and tilt and look everywhere we are and uh, get a sense for what the ship is like. We've got the pool deck and some of the other main decks, so head over there, check those out. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with us via our voicemail line. We love getting messages from our listeners and answering them on the air. Questions, comments, leave us a voicemail. The number again for all of you out there is 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. You can also connect with the DCL Duo by heading over to dclduo.com where we link off to other resources, blog posts, all the ways you can find us, including our Etsy store where all of our profits beyond the operating costs of this show and the content we bring you go to charity. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash dclduo and join from one of our monthly support tiers. We really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for helping to make this show happen each and every month. They also get some special content, so head over there, check that out. You can also help support the show by browsing to www.mypathunwinding.com slash dclduo to book your next fabulous Disney vacation. Be sure to include that www up front so that the link works appropriately. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney Family of Theme Parks. Views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney Cruise or a Disney Vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. Good night.